Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to study your word and to be able to share your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come, you would move, and you would have your way. Father God, let your kingdom be established in our lives. Let we bear, may we bear much fruit to glorify you in all our actions and our ways. Let us know your calling on our lives in all that we do. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move in our midst and our presence now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I start, um, I'd like to just uh, honor Navash, just for being my life partner and helping and sharing and, uh, and doing things. Um, I think it would, I wouldn't be here without it. Uh, so before we get into the discussion, I just got a little story for you. <coughs> There's a... There's a man flying in a hot air balloon and he realizes he's lost. So he reduces height and he spots a man below and he lowers the balloon and a little further and shouts, excuse me, can you tell me where I am? The man below says, yes, you're in a hot air balloon hovering about 30 feet above the field. You must be an engineer, says the balloonist. I am, replies the man. How do you know that? Well says the balloonist, everything you've told me is technically correct, but it's of no use to anyone. The man below says, you must be in management. I am, he replied, uh, I am, I am, replied the balloonist. How did you know? Well, says the man, you don't know where you, where you are, you don't know where you're going, but you expect me to be able to help you. You're in the same position I found you before, before we met, and now it's all my fault. And that's sometimes how life goes on. We want to blame somebody and something else for the issues that we're experiencing. And we need to actually just see for ourselves what's going on. So this morning I want to talk to you on a message that I've entitled, Knowing Your Game Plan. As Christians, many of us, we get into lingos and we get into phrases uh, that we become synonymous with. We're waiting for our breakthrough, we're trusting, we're sitting back and waiting. But sometimes that's exactly what we do. We just sit back and we wait. And yes, we may have a waiting period, but if you're like me, you want to know why and is there anything that I should be actually doing in this waiting period. Did God decide that no, we're just going to wait here? Throughout the Bible, we see that whenever God allowed or caused somebody to wait, or there was a waiting period, there was a reason for it. He was busy doing something. So I want to share some steps with us today on how we can check that game plan, how we can know uh, and, and check some practical steps and some spiritual steps through that. We must remember that even if we are waiting, we need to be fruitful and we need to be productive. If we don't do this, what happens? A disappointment, a disappointment sets in, and that's when we start becoming weary. We need to know where we are going. If you don't know where you are going, you don't know 
what to work on. This is a stumbling block for most of us because we often don't know the reason why. We don't know the, the direction we're going and we don't know why we are where we are at. It is this reason that we grow weary and the, and the reason why we lose our compass. The Bible says, without vision, my people perish. Why is this? Vision clearly defines where you are going. Without it, you don't know if you are fulfilling the mandate he's given you. Vision is a fundamental purpose for us to purposefully pray. Only when you have a vision are you able to pray the Father's will, which gives you results in your prayer. Now, I'm not going to get into uh, the, the whole discussion of how to uh, understand a vision and uh, knowing that vision, but what I want to just share, uh, just touch on that, is when Jesus was asked by the disciples, uh, how should we pray? He said, praying to the Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Your vision has to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. It has to produce life, be it in whatever form or way we are gifted in. So regardless of what my gifts are, regardless of what your gifts are, our vision has to produce life. It has to establish his kingdom on this earth. So we, we sometimes put all this effort into trying to understand this vision and getting into it, but it's actually sometimes quite simple. We just need to know how do we fit in establishing the kingdom of God on this earth. So I encourage you, if, you know, if you're still in that place where you're uh, trying to navigate that, get into the next growth season, get into a connect group, get with, with some leaders. They'll help you with that. But what I actually want to show you today uh, is the importance of vision. And let's just chat about that. Uh, the scripture is going to come up on the screen. Uh, John 15, 7, Jesus speaking. If, I abide, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The condition to us obtaining results is to knowing his word. That is supposed to, uh, to knowing his words, that is supposed to be abiding in us. The word that it's referring to in verse 7 is actually not the Bible. We often read the scripture and we say his word, the Bible is supposed to be abiding in us. It's actually not the Bible. It's actually, if you look at that, that, that word, in the Greek, it's actually the word uh, rhema. It's a rhema word of God. It's the living word of God. So what he's actually saying there is that what I am speaking over you right now in your life is supposed to be abiding in your heart. What I am actually saying to you right now is supposed to be abiding in your heart. That's what we're supposed to have. So in order for us to be praying, if we go back to the scripture, as if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask uh, you can ask and it will be done for you. So we have to know what that rhema word of God is in our lives. If we, without knowing what he wants, we do not know what the next step is. We do not know how we can pray. And if we cannot pray, how can we receive? Many of us are asking in prayer and receiving and not receiving because we do not know the rhema spoken word over our lives. And end up asking things and we, that don't line up with his plan for our lives. When it is not answered, we become disappointment, disappointed and delusional and think that God hasn't actually blessed us. Or we think that his calling or his mandate on us isn't what, uh, what his word says. But that's not it. 
We just haven't taken the time to know what he has said over us. Uh, uh, just a little story on, uh, on vision. Um, a couple of years back, I, uh, we, 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 we all go through this, and I just want to, from our life experience, we've been waiting and walking through a journey, and I said to God, God, you know what, this, this is long enough now. We, we've been waiting, we've been praying, we've been faithful. When is it going to happen? Navash is praying, we're fasting, we're doing all of these things. When is it going to happen? And if you're not going to do it, then just tell me. It's, it's cool. Just, just tell me. We'll be friends. And let's move on. And he said to me, I'm busy writing a story. If you want it right now, I'll give it to you. Or do you want me to write the story? So I paused and I waited and I said, okay, God, write the story. Continue writing the story. And we waited and we continued and we continued. But the point, the, the point of this, what I want to actually sh- show you, is that it was only when we actually sat down as a couple, and I encourage you as couples to do this, or even if, if you're unmarried, to do this in your personal life. But it was only when we sat down as a couple and evaluated our life's vision, what God was actually calling us to, what he was doing in our lives, that we actually saw that this entire journey that we were on, he was actually putting the pieces in place. We never saw it before. We never saw it because we never put the vision in front of us. We never evaluated it. We never took the time to actually compare notes. But when we sat down and we separated ourselves and we looked at it and we saw, the, 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 this is what, what he said for over us. This is his promises over us. This is what he, he, he said he will do. And then we looked at the journey and we look at the obstacles and we look at the challenges and we look at the training and we look at the disappointments, and we look at every single thing that happened was preparing us to accomplish the vision. So that, that is the practical side of understanding and writing a vision. That's why it's so important. There's no undefined waiting period. If you feel like you're in a wilderness, God could have let you get there to get some complaining and some moaning out of you. He doesn't lead us there for no purpose. No loving father or parent leaves their child in the middle of nowhere for no reason. he, He just wouldn't do that. God sometimes leads us through the wilderness to refine us. He wants to take us through, but we sometimes prolong the process. And we hang around a bit longer than we need to. God does not have a predetermined time on a season. He has a predetermined maturing that needs to take place. The sooner you allow him to work in, our, in your life, and the sooner I allow him to work in my life, the sooner he moves us. It was a few years ago, um, Navash and I were able to, to realize this. And I remember the day clearly because it, it happened early in the morning when we got into the office and we, we were spending a lot of time, Lord, why, what are you doing? What do you want us to work on? What is it in our character? What is it in our lives that we need to, to deal with? And so we were, at the time we were, in business, we were working in business together and um, we were sitting in the office and an obstacle came. And as ever so clear, the Holy Spirit said, how are you going to respond? And so we took a step back, we paused, and we understood what he was saying. And we responded. Okay, that happens. Great. We moved on. Later on in the day, 
another challenge came, totally different, totally op uh, opposite. And again, the Holy Spirit says, what are you going to do? And so Nabash and I chatted, we prayed, and then we responded. By four o'clock that day, another obstacle came. And God clearly showed me that I can take you through three seasons in a single day if you will allow yourself to become clay in my hands. The seasons aren't there indefinitely. The seasons aren't there forever. It's a molding process in our lives that he's trying to do. How soon we respond to that will determine how quickly we're going to start moving through. Go with me to Nehemiah 4. Uh, I think the scripture will come up. Uh, and in verse 15. And I want to just show you that there's a spiritual side and a practical side in life. And uh, when I was reading the scripture in Nehemiah, it shows me you know, uh, how we should be equipped as Christians. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that the Lord had brought their, pl their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held a spear, uh, held a spear the shield, the bow, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that one, with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Often in life, we want to run off under one direction. We want to st study, get that degree. If it's a business, we want to market it. We want to do all these things on the practical side. But here Nehemiah shows that there was a two, twofold. While they were busy building, they had to be ready for battle. There was a spiritual battle that was going to come. And you cannot go into the marketplace today and expect to succeed if you do not bring the balance between the practical and a spiritual. There's a combination of the two that you need to operate with if you want to see results. If we want to excel in the marketplace today, we need to reuse the right tool. We need to know what is happening. We need to know what God is doing. We need to know what the attack is so that we can respond correctly to the challenge. So some practical uh, keys that we can look at uh, that will come up on the screen. One of them is discipline. Some of us really need to just be disciplined. If we look at Noah, he was given a mandate to build an ark within a certain period of time. He had specs and specifications that he had to uh, achieve it. If he hadn't done it, the ark wouldn't have been finished on time. Some of us need to be disciplined in what we have been tasked to do. We need to be disciplined in the process, in whether we are studying, whether we are uh, building a company, whether we are uh, uh, in, a, in a career, we need to have discipline to be able to achieve the task that's been given to us. Discipline with the use of our time, and we need to be intentional with the use of our resources. Sometimes we are disciplined with what we're doing, but we're spending our resources on everything else. 
and we expect to see a result. Number two, excellence and order. It, it really grapples me that, you know, I see it all over in business, that we almost, in, uh, because we are on the African continent, we have a attitude, well, it's okay. We can give second standard. We can give second best. We can give whatever is, is out there. We need to do things with excellence. We need to change that attitude. We don't need to be second best. We don't need to be the engineer in Europe. For, for, for great results. We can produce it here if we change our attitude to one of excellence. We need to sharpen our skills. Jesus growing up sat in the synagogues and he questioned and he learned from the high priests and the scribes. If we are trusting God for our promotion, what are we doing? Are we just sitting back and saying, well, if it's God's will, I'll get it? We should be researching. We should be refining our skills. We should be equipping ourselves so that we don't in only meet the, 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 the requirements, but we exceed them. That's what we should be aiming for. And this will actually cause you to stand out because they see something different about you. And number four in the practical would be to identify the right support structures. You need the right people around you the people that will believe in you, the people that believe in your vision, the people that see God's potential in your life, the people that see where he's taking you. You need to partner with the right people. A lot of us partner with the wrong people. A lot of us have the wrong people speaking to our lives. We've got people that are exactly like us speaking into our lives who are already despondent, who are already not achieving something, already saying, because, they come, because we're comfortable around that, they're not going to challenge us they're not going to push us out of our comfort zone. So we don't want the other people. We want to hang around those that actually, can, you know, the safe zone. And will continue allowing us to remain that way. We've got to change that if we want to see this change. You've got to go and find people that inspire you. People that push you, cause you to go to the next level. People that speak inside your, your, your spirit and they see what the calling of God in your life is. And says, this is what you should be doing. This is how you should be acting. This is what I see God doing in you. Those are the people we need around us. The world will try to clothe you like them because they battle differently. If we look at the story of David and uh, Goliath, Saul was um, so prepared for battle. He, he was refined in the, in, the, in the arts of battle. So when it came to slaying Goliath, it was automatic. You need the sword, you need the shield, you need those things. But the problem was, David couldn't operate in these things. It weighed him down. He couldn't function in it. The world had clothed him with their ways to prepare for battle. God had prepared him with precision and skill. There's a difference. When we go in with the Spirit of God, we go in with precision and skill. We don't need to take on the world's clothing in battle. So, I've got a couple of spiritual keys. And one of them, uh, and, and these are things that we've seen active in our lives. The first one is breaking of bread. Often we do this just in church. And the Bible says that we should be doing this as often as we do it, we remember Jesus. What, what are we remembering? Well, when you sit down at home in your office, in an obstacle, and you're breaking bread, 
what are you doing? You're reminding yourself of your covenant with God. You're reminding you, yourself, God, even though these things are happening in my life, even though these obstacles are happening, even though this war is happening, I know the covenant I have with you. I know what you have said over my life. I know what you are doing over my life. And I remind myself, I remind my spirit, that's my strong place. I break bread with you. You are my God. You are my strong, stronghold. You do not let the world actually start speaking into you. The breaking of bread is one of the most significant spiritual things that we need to do as Christians. And we need to stop getting into the attitude of only doing it once a month in church and doing it at home where it belongs. Faith. The other, the other day I was reading a, uh, the scripture uh, in John uh, 14 and Jesus was speaking where he says, the, the works that I do, you will do greater. And, you know, we, we often hear this, this verse, uh, everyone has, and we, we refer to healing and we refer to, um, you know, all these wonders that Jesus did. And this particular morning I was praying for our business and I was praying for our staff and I was just in intercession. And two verses came to me. One was this and the other one was John 15 where uh, Jesus says, in order for, for, uh, we need to bear much fruit to glorify the Father in heaven. And a penny dropped. And when I read this and I realized, and God said, greater things you would do than I did. And I thought about that and I looked at businesses and I looked at some business that are in debt. And when, when, the, when the people had an issue where they couldn't pay their taxes, Jesus said to him, go across the line there. And there's a single fish that came out and there was a golden coin in the mouth that was enough to go and pay the debt and settle everything. When they were fishing the whole night in a particular, in the, in the sea, and they caught nothing, but they needed to pay bills, they needed to do things. Jesus sent them back out. He said, go cast the net from the other side and you would have something. And they went and the cash was so great that they had to bring other resources in. When there was not enough, he had the five loaves and the two fish and he said, and he multiplied that and he distributed it to the 5,000. And it got me see, uh, seeing something. If greater things that I can do that I'm supposed to be doing, then what I should be doing is if I'm in a financial situation and I just can't see the end, Father, where's that fish in the ocean? Show me where to cast that rod that there will be sufficient for me to settle all that is obstructing me. Father, there isn't sufficient turnover. Father, there isn't sufficient provision. Yes, we've been to that same customer. Yes, we've been to that client. Yes, we've been knocking on that door and nothing's produced results. Who do we need to go see to cast that net? Where do we cast that net so that the catch will be so great that we have to bring in other resources? Or are you in the position like we've been sometimes? There's only five loaves and two fish and we've got 5,000. <laughs> and how do we do it? But Lord, I'm going to trust you that there will be sufficient to pay it all. There will be sufficient to meet the need. There will be sufficient to cover it all. How much are we going to stretch our faith? Are we going to see ourselves as doing greater than he did? The purpose is for us to bring glory to the Father. 
The function is for us to bear much fruit. We cannot glorify the Father if we are not bearing fruit in our lives. We have to bear fruit in our lives. Another, another point. Peace. Declaring peace over situations. Then Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind and, uh, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And it was all calm. We all know the story where, the, where they, they were in the boat and the storm broke out and everyone was fearful and what was going on and, uh, and there was a massive storm. And Jesus just spoke peace into the situation. And this peace is incredible. We need to understand the power of peace when we're able to discern what's going on. I'll give you a, 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 a literal experience. We... Uh, a couple of months ago, we went away on holiday. Everything was planned for the, for the company, and every, uh, we, we left all the guys in charge, and we were going to go for a nice break, switch off the phone and chill. And uh, it was on, the, I think, the Saturday, the guys phoned me. They said, hey, uh, it was month end, and that big check that was supposed to come in didn't come in. So I said, okay, maybe it was a mistake for BN by Monday. So leave it. Don't worry about it. Monday morning, the guys phoned listen, there was a mistake, the client's only paying it at the end of the month, and we don't have cash to actually flow through the month. Crisis. Crisis. We've got stuff flying in from all over the world. We've got stuff going out. Everything comes to a grind still. Two ways we can respond. Navash and I could have panicked, packed up our bags, ran back to Durban to try to assist the problem. But... As we were walking up in our shorts, the mountain, and just chilling, we realized that, hang on, this is not God. This is not God. God actually allowed us to come to a place of rest. God allowed us to come. He had this time and call for us. So Storm, we speak to you, and we declare you be still. We spoke to those finances, and we declare there will be peace over them. We declared peace over the situation, over the businesses, over, over the business, over the staff's minds. And we carried on walking. Put the phone off. And when I got back, about two hours later, got, a, uh, got an SMS. The client managed to change something and they pay, made the payment. It's in the account. That's the power of declaring peace. Your storm doesn't have to control you. Your storm doesn't have to own you. When you understand the peace of God that surpasses our understanding, it binds, uh, guards our hearts and minds and keeps us focused on Him. So I encourage you, if you're in a storm, if you're having some time, you don't have to run to Wayne. You don't have to phone the next pastor. You don't have to phone, go into the next, uh, you, know, you know, get the next prophet out. Speak to your storm. Tell your storm to be still. If there's havoc in your finances, tell it to be still. If there's havoc in, in your marriage, tell it to be still. Peace over you. The fourth point is prayer. <clears throat> be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, in thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. When we are able to understand the purpose of something, we're able 
to change our prayer language. And that is one of the fundamental reasons why we struggle to pray, because we don't know the purpose of it. We need to have an understanding of what we are doing, why we are called to it, and so our prayer language can be different. We sometimes pray, God, I want the biggest business in Durban. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Why? What for? God, I need the new car. What for? Why? What is the function? What is the purpose? When you start to understand the function and the purpose, your prayer, uh, your prayer might look something like this here. If you're in business or uh, other skills, but I, I've just written a, a simple thing for business. Father, I lift my business before you. I ask you that we will be a company that reflects your principles and your values, treating its customers, its staff, and anyone that comes into contact with fairly, with respect, integrity, and honesty. I ask you that we will be able to remunerate our staff well, timelessly, and settle suppliers on time. I thank you that we will have, you have placed us in the, in the city of Durban for a time and purpose such as this, to be your hands and feet in the city. May we be stewards of the finance you have entrusted us with, well, to bring change and righteousness to the city. May the finances be sufficient not only for what we need to do as a company, but to be able to meet the needs of the people around us. You see, when we, when we, con- when we structure our prayers according to the will of God, we're able to see results. But we pray these vague, vague, I want the biggest business, and we wonder why we're still in the same place. The last point that I've got is discernment. And this is probably one of the biggest things that you, you need to uh, get in your arsenal when you're going through, this, uh, through, through the game plan. Hebrews 5.14. Please don't be offended. <laughs> but solid food is for, those, for, for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So we see that the, the Bible tells us that solid food is, um, when, we, when we mature, we have the ability to discern between good and evil. If we go into uh, um, the story of Solomon, and just for time I'm, I'm going to skip it, but you can refer to it in 1 Kings 3.7. So Solomon uh, is asking God, you know, God, you were with my father David, and um, uh, you, you need to be with me. Would you please give me wisdom? And Solomon actually says, I am a little boy in, the wisdom and, in wisdom and experience. I do not know how to go out or come in, and that is how to conduct business as a king. This is one of the greatest kings that lived. But we see he says, I do not know how to conduct a business as a king. And he carries on and he says, So will you give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart with which to judge your people, so that I may discern between good and evil? For who is able to judge your people? And then God responds a bit lower down. He says, Behold, I have done as you have asked. I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that no one before you was your equal, nor shall anyone equal to you arise after. Later on in the scripture, we see where the two women are busy fighting and the one, uh, one baby died. 
and Solomon is uh, brought uh, to, to actually deliberate over the situation. And Solomon uh, says, we all know the story where the one woman says, no, kill the baby, and the other woman says, no, no, give it to, give it to the other child, preserve his life. And Solomon makes a ruling, and he says, uh, that's in verse 28, give the first woman who pleaded for his life, the living child, by no means kill him. She is the mother. When all of the people of Israel heard about the judgment which the king had made, they were in awe and reverently feared the king, for they saw the wisdom of God was with him to administer justice. God gives us discernment to be able to administer justice in the nation. Hebrew calls it a point of maturity to know the difference between good and evil. If you want to be effective in the kingdom, we need to know how to discern. The word is clear. Discernment does not just come. It is something that we have to start to train. The first place that we have to start training is with the Holy Spirit. The reason why some uh, some of us struggle with discernment is because we do life without the Holy Spirit. In Proverbs 9.10, the scripture will come up. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you want to know, if you want wisdom, it starts with God. That's in Job 28, it says, God understands wisdom, and, and, and wisdom alone is where, uh, can be found with God. But to obtain understanding, we need to learn how to fear and have the knowledge of Him, of the Holy Spirit. When Solomon asked for understanding, it was, a, it, it was to be able to administer justice. This is something you and I are daily faced with. We have to make decisions, good decisions, bad decisions. We've got to make judgments. And so like Solomon, we too need the understanding of the Holy Spirit. The fear of him is to reverence him. It's to honor him. It's the knowledge of the Holy One. Of the Holy One is to... Um, is to acknowledge that the Holy One is ever so present in your day. So whether we are in the car screaming at a taxi, or whether we're having that argument, disagreement at home, or whether it's even with a colleague that we're having a conversation that shouldn't quite be the way it should be. If we are ignoring the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, we are causing Him to shift. We are causing Him to move. And by causing him to move, we struggle with discernment. Do we really think that he's going to hang around us when we let our flesh lead the day? He hangs around us when we are so conscious of him that we don't want to offend him, that we guard our words, we guard our thoughts, we guard our minds to prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of him. I'll give you an example of how walking with the, with, with the Holy Spirit, when you have to constantly guard yourself, you know, uh, I've seen him do some crazy things. And a couple of months back, I was put into a meeting where my partner went and opened a door, and he does that often, opens a door, but doesn't tell me what the meeting's about or what I'm supposed to do or what the function is, but I must just have this meeting. And so it's one of the big retailers, and uh, I was called to go, uh, uh, to go into this meeting. And there was something in my spirit that I just wasn't gelled. Because I had the normal company proposal, and I had, but something wasn't gelled. And so I said, 
Holy Spirit, what is, uh, what is this meeting going to be about? Holy Spirit, what do I need to do for this meeting? And so uh, on the way there, I was in prayer, and uh, before that I was in prayer, and the Holy Spirit said, it's going to become technical. So I was like, technical, okay. So I started reading up a whole bunch of legislations and whatever cases. And we get into this meeting, and this guy is absolutely rude and arrogant. He didn't want to hear of us. He said he didn't want to see us. Why do we even set up this meeting? It wasn't supposed to be. And then he looks to me and he says, do you know the meaning of this? And because I had prepared, I responded. I said, yeah, I actually do. Uh, this is it. And so he, he got taken a bit back, uh, a bit irritated, and he said, well, what about this? And then I responded. I said, and, but do you know the reason for that? And so then we got into this conversation, and it turned around, and he said, okay, you know what? Go look what you can do for me. Come back and tell me what you can do. We left. We went away. We put something together, and I was busy preparing the presentation with all the stats, and we, we literally put four weeks of work in with our engineers to prepare the stats for this. And so we had documents and documents and research. And preparing all of this and putting it together, the Holy Spirit says, cut the presentation. This is the night before. So I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> cut it. Just cut it. So, so, we, so, so, so I start cutting it. And, we start, and the boss says to me, are you going to be ready? I said, I have no idea. So the meeting's at 12 o'clock. The next morning, I'm still trying to cut this presentation <laughs> to figure out where I'm cutting it. And come half past 10, 11 o'clock, I cut it down to eight lines. And he says, that's the presentation. We walk into the meeting. The guy says, I told you, don't come back. You can't do anything for me. I said, I think we found something for you. And we bring the eight points in. And he looks at it and he says, you know what? We don't want somebody else, but we see the value in you. When we walked out, the engineers that walked with us, they said, you're the first company in South Africa to be given an opportunity to work with this company. He refused to allow anyone to do it. The difference, the difference is knowing what the Holy Spirit is saying. We are not that intelligent in, our, in all our research. Yes, we need to do it. We need to know what we're talking about. But when he says, cut, move, change. When he's telling you in that interview, keep quiet. When he's telling you in that interview, hold back. When he's telling you in that interview, change this. It changes the dynamics. It changes the results. It allows you to proceed and progress in the kingdom. When God wanted to create the earth, his spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. He created man. Uh, 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 when he created man, his spirit was hovering over, uh, uh, over us, and he breathed life into us. When you and I allow the Holy Spirit to hover over our lives, be it watching TV, be it in the office, walking to a business meeting, we allow the Father to fellowship with us, and as a result, we become like him with the, being able to know the difference between good and evil. Now, knowledge without godly wisdom is pointless. We all know the story uh, with Eve. There was also good and evil there. There was the knowledge of tree and good and evil. She bites the apple and she has good and evil. So what is this good and evil between God's version and the world's version? We see two dynamics of good and evil here. And what is the difference? Well, when the world gives you the apple 
of the knowledge of good and evil, what they do is they expose your weaknesses. They expose your imperfections. They just give you the knowledge of what's good and what's bad. And what that does is just expose, exposes your nakedness. But you are unable to actually do anything with it. It just breaks you down. The difference is when God, through the Holy Spirit, reveals this to you, He brings understanding. He brings wisdom and the ability to bring godly governance to the nation. That's the difference what He brings. So He's... He's, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to discern good and evil, it's not to break you, it's not to harm you. It's the ability to be able to discern. But the world will give you the same option. Which one will you choose? In many times, we see this pattern. And I'm going to be closing now. In many times, we see this pattern where we get into situations and we have that choice. How will we respond? How will we uh, react to the situation? How would we know? Sometimes we've been butting our heads at that wall. I don't know if, uh, you know if this is you, but you've been butting your head and butting your head, doing the same thing and waiting for that opportunity, waiting for that breakthrough and not knowing why it's not happening. I want to encourage you, learn to discern with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to come back into your life. Allow him to come and hover over your life. Allow him to come and move over your life. If you feel um, that you've, you, you've been at that place where you've, been, you've just been struggling to see the breakthrough, you don't know why, you feel, it feels like you're in a wilderness, you don't have to come through the front or anything, you're just going to pray and you're just going to uh, have an opportunity to allow God to work in your heart. And if you feel that that's you, if you feel that you've been at a place where you haven't quite made it, you don't know why you're there. You've, had, you've been at the station for a year, two years, five years. You're asking God why. What is it? You're feeling despondent. I want to encourage you. Just invite him in. Ask him to come in now. Ask him to, to, to come and reveal to you, to show you, to bring understanding and vision. Or if you maybe feel that, that sometimes you, um, you struggle to hear him. And sometimes you feel that, you know what, you, you've tried and in the busyness of life, how do I actually hear him? I was listening to a friend uh, uh, on TV the other day and he was ministering. And he, he used the example like this here. He said, if you, had the, if you had a dove on your shoulder and you were walking with this dove on your shoulder and I was walking to Wayne, I would be careful how I take this step. I wouldn't just take that step because I wouldn't want to startle this dove. I'd be cautious on where I sit. I'd be cautious on where I interact because I would not want to startle this dove. And that's what it's like walking with the Holy Spirit. We've got to constantly be aware that He's there. And if, if our actions and our ways displace Him or cause Him to move, it startles that dove. It moves Him. And He doesn't want to be there. So, I want to encourage you. If we can just close our eyes. Wayne, if you want to come up and minister. 
um, and if you have a place and you, you, you just we just want to invite you Holy Spirit to come for you to come and for you to move let's take a moment and just wait on him What he looks for is just a surrendered life, just a a heart that says, I'm here, Dad. I'm here, Lord. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come this morning back to our hearts. We we repent for doing life without you, thinking we can do life without you. We acknowledge this morning just how much we need you how we actually bankrupt without you. We can't do this in our, in our own strength and in our own wisdom, Lord. We can't raise these kids in our own strength and in our own wisdom. We can't steward these businesses, these um, organizations that we're doing, these jobs, these careers in our own strength. So we surrender our worlds to you and we invite you to come in. Come and, come and bless us with your presence. Come and teach us how to do life. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and he would teach you all things and he will be with you. In Greek, his name is the parakletos the one who's called alongside, the comforter, the teacher, the trainer, the imparter, the empowerer, the wisdom of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, everything that you need for anything that you're going through. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy One of God. And teach us to be a people who walk with you, who do life with you, who do marriage with you, who do friendship with you. Lord, as we think about our week ahead and all the commitments and the deadlines, we just, we're so sorry that we rush into all of it and we don't actually sit down and say, Lord, what's your plan for Monday? What's your plan for that meeting on Tuesday? Come and help me on Wednesday. I've got this big presentation on Thursday Lord I've got a big day with the kids and running around with them and Lord here's my week at the start of this week we choose to do that we lay it before you come come and strengthen your people this morning Lord I pray come and fill everyone here with wisdom and grace strength for everything that we're going through Lord, we have no doubt this morning that you want us to prosper. You want us to bear much fruit. You want our kids to be winners in life. You want our homes to be blessed. You want our businesses to be blessed. We have no doubt, Lord, that you want us to to flourish in this world, Lord God. We're so sorry for thinking that you're against us when you're actually so for us, but we just never open the door. Lord, your word says that you stand at the door of our hearts and you knock. If any man will open, I will come in and sup with him. (laughs) 
Oh, Lord, we swing wide the door this morning, Lord. Come on in. Come on in. Come on into our homes, Lord. We're going to break bread with you in the office this week, Lord God, at home this week, Lord God. We're going to go and look at that life vision again this week, Lord, and redefine it and redefine our prayers again, Lord. Relook at our prayer lives, Lord, because we want We see how valuable you are. Jesus, you said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a pearl of great price and then went and sold all that he had that he might purchase that pearl, Lord. And that's what you are to us this morning, God. We put aside everything else to focus on you. Come refresh, come revive your people this morning, I pray. We bless your name this morning. Sesi ala male mele ala. Besi ala bali ala beri ala. Besi ala babosi tiara bande. Mesi tioro boleshi tiara manda. Reti ala manda la balishi ala bonderi abasendende. Meki ala bashi ala bande. Let abundance come on your people this morning, God. I pray, Father, you break every yoke of slavery this morning. Lord, I pray that you break, Father God, every orphan spirit this morning. And you reunite every person, Lord, with you, the Father, the love of the Father this morning. Lord, let there be a release of your love over your people this morning like they've never experienced it before, Father. Let your love flow, Father, now over every life here, Lord, every mind, every heart, saturated in your power, in your might, in your love, in your glory, in your grace, Father. Lord, I break off every tie of the enemy this morning, God. I break off every spirit of distraction, Father. Every spirit of depression, Father. Every spirit, Lord, that would come to seek and pull down. Lord God, pull back. Lord, your people from the purpose that you've called them to. Lord, I declare a new day. I declare a new beginning. I declare an opening of eyes. I declare opening of hearts and lives and homes to you this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, and fall in power in this place. Come and revive and rebirth in the house. Come and revive and rebirth. Come, rivers of living water, and burst forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Burst forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Rivers of living water, I say, burst forth in the name of Jesus. Burst forth in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, let's stand. Let's worship. Let's stand and worship the King. Let's lift our hands. Let's open our hearts and lives to the King this morning.
arriving for you this morning. Angels are attending to you this morning. Heaven is opening this morning. Come on, let's let's enter into that realm of worship. Come on. Heaven is close. opportunity to do that. If you're here and you've, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never made a decision to say, Lord, I'm going to open the door of my heart and let you come in. The Bible says when we do that, when we make a decision to say, God, you are my God. The Bible says that he, he forgives us of all our sins and then he gives us a new life. We become born again into the family of God. It's a decision that you have to make. I can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Just because you grew up in a Christian home doesn't mean that you've actually made that decision yourself. If you're here today and and you know that you need to make that decision, I want to give you the opportunity to do it. I'm going to ask you just to come slip out of your feet, come stand in the front, and we're going to pray for you. You know today is the day of salvation for you. Today is the day you need to choose God. 
You're welcome just to slip out of your seat, come down to the front over here, and we're going to have leaders, and we'll pray with you, and we're going to trust the King of glory to come and live in your heart. Why do I have to do it publicly? Well, because <laughs> if you don't stand for Jesus, man, He's not going to stand for you. That's what He said. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. This is not a secret thing. This is a, this is a public thing. This is, a, I'm coming out of my sin. I'm coming out of my old life. I'm coming out of my, my stuff, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm choosing to live a new life. That's what this decision is. You haven't done that. To make Him your Lord, to make Him your Savior, come, do that today. Come do that today. Anybody here, you want to do that? Anybody, we're going to close the altar. <laughs> you know you need to be here, be here. All right. Mac has just got something on his heart, and, and then he's going to pray for people with that. Uh, I just sense that there's some of us here who've been getting frustrated. Um, I think you've you know that there's certain things that you're supposed to do and there's certain things that you're supposed to accomplish. Um, but you've been getting frustrated hitting a wall. Sometimes you just feel lazy. Sometimes you just feel like, I, I, don't, I, I can't do this. You know, you, you kind of like feel like um, you know what you're supposed to do, but you feel like I, I can't get myself up. I can't get myself to read this thing. I can't get myself to go to that meeting. I, I can't get myself... Um, and I just really sense that there's a break of that and there's a shift of that this morning. And I declare in the name of Jesus that that is broken. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father God, that you are breaking every stronghold, Father God, everything that holds us back. In Jesus' name, Father God, I thank you that we will flourish, that we will we'll have breakthrough, Father God, in each and every area of our lives. I thank you, Father God, for victory, Father God, in each and every life. I thank you, Father God, that no longer we'll be, we'll be intimidated, frustrated by the enemy, told that we cannot do things. But I thank you, Father God. God, that we will break forth right now. We pray breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We bless you, O oh God. Woo, come on, Lord. Amazing. Guys, we're going to wrap the service here. If, if you feel like you need prayer or ministry around any of these points, please, you know, come up to the front. We'll have some leaders. We'll, we we want to pray over you. We want to we want to bless you this morning. If you need any just to greet you. Otherwise, Andre, thank you for a great word. Can we give Andre a hand for delivering a good word this morning? Appreciate you. Awesome. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.